I preached this message a couple of weeks ago at our uh, at our youth uh, youth group at our encounter night, but I've uh, zhuzhed it up. I don't. That's not a word. It's not a word. But my wife told challenged me to try and get it into context. Um, but I've 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 just tweaked it a little bit for tonight. Uh, it's called the power of the secret place, and. Uh, uh, I just want to read the scripture and then, then we'll get into it. Psalm 91 verse 1 in the NIV says this, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Another translation says, Whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, I don't know, has anyone here ever played uh, hide and seek or murder in the dark? Okay, we've got a handful of people. Um, for those of you who don't know what murder in the dark is, it's just like hide and seek, but in the dark. Um, so uh, you would think that those days were kind of behind me because, you know, I'm a young adult, I'm a mature man, I'm married. No, nope, played it in like the last six months. Um, and so uh, what I know about these games is when you find a place that no one finds, you tell no one. You do not tell a single person because you know that you can go there every time and no one's going to find you. I thought I found that place the last time I played. I, I was the last one to get spotted the last time. I was hiding in a closet behind like all the clothes. Um, but then uh, or one um, particular young adult who may not be mentioned, no, it was, it was Tyler. Um, she, was, she was searching for me, and she just kind of started throwing hands into this place and collected me. She found me. Um, but the reason why I, say, why I say that is because there is a place where you and I can go in which the power of God overshadows us, covers us, protects us, a place where we can find rest in His presence, and it's that secret place of prayer. This, we've been talking about it over the last month, uh, talking about uh, fourth dimensional prayer, um, which has been such an amazing series. Um, we've heard from P Pastor John, Pastor T, Pastor Dan, so many amazing messages. Um, so I'm going to just talk about uh, something that God's been speaking to me about in the, in the dimension of prayer. But yes, yeah, the secret place of prayer where you can go to meet God, just you and Him. Just you and Him. It's in that place when we, when we go, to, go to that place, the presence of God and His power overshadows us so that when the circumstances of life come looking for us, they find Him and not us. It's a place of rest. It's a place of protection. I'm going to talk about that tonight. What I love about the secret place, and you've got to, um, to learn something from me real quick. Because my dad is a little bit of a poet, um, I love alliteration. So every, just about every message that I preach has got some kind of alliteration in it. So all of these points have a P in there. Um, so we've got to prepare the secret place. Say prepare. prepare. Say that again. Say prepare. prepare. Okay. So I'm in a particularly uh, interesting uh, season of my life. Um, it's exceptionally busy. Um, I'm working three jobs at the moment. Um, I'm currently in the middle of moving house, uh, being an amazing husband, I hope, um, leading, uh, leading, uh, leading the best youth ministry on the entire planet, <laughs> all while trying to have a social life and keep myself sane. Um, what, I'm, what I'm learning and continue to learn in times of busyness is that it's tends to be the most important things in our life that get to be thrown by the wayside, and we tend to put our attention on what's most urgent. And uh, it's all the more reason in times of busyness why we must intentionalize putting time aside, planning, and preparing uh, time for those things that are most important. Something that I've learned after uh, three years of marriage, just after a couple of weeks ago, is that uh, date night 
or Adventure Day is not date night or Adventure Day if I don't plan it or initiate it. If Joel has to organize it, then I have not done my job because that tells her that I have not thought about it once this week. And my beautiful wife is, uh, I, I'm like one, I'm like, I, I'm like, a, I'm a man, right? So I can only think about one thing, one thing at a time. My beautiful wife is thinking about all things at all time. I don't know how she does it. It's a gift of God. I don't have it. And so when it comes to date night and adventure day, I've got to intentionally, I've got to prepare time to prepare it. That is how, that is how much I had to intentionalize it. Otherwise, it won't happen because I just get too distracted. Even more so than married life, the most important thing that we have to prepare time for is that place where we connect with God through His Word and through prayer. Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, um, who was, he was the key leader of the Reformation in the 15th century. He is one of the like, foundational uh, founding fathers of the faith today. He said this, uh, said this quote, and it messes with me. It says, I have so much work to do that I cannot get along without giving three hours daily of my best time to the Lord. Yeah, who's able to do that right now in this space? Not me. But it stirs me. It stirs me that the busier I get, the more I have to intentionalize my time with God because the Bible says it like this in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And, I've, and I've, I've interpreted it like this. When we prepare a place to meet with God at the start of our day, we invite Him to fill every other moment. I know for me, when I, when I prioritize getting into God's presence at the start of my day, I get a heck of a lot more done with the rest of it. I know that when I don't get into His presence, when I don't encounter His love, when I don't encounter His peace, I get flustered. Uh, you don't want to see me on the road. Um, I, I am exceptionally a lot more forgetful because I haven't intentionalized the most important thing. And what I love about God is He is in the business of multiplying whatever we give to Him. So when we prepare a place, when we prepare our time to encounter Him, He multiplies it. I I promise you, if you started your day connecting with God, or if you're not a morning person, be a night person and prepare the next day, you'll be surprised how much more you are able to achieve, not just how much more you're able to achieve, but just how much of a better human being you are. Because the love of God has filled your heart, overflowing, and, you, and He's with you. He interrupts your day. Where you would previously get uh, short with someone, He's just like, hold up, you're my son. That's not how we do things. Chill, breathe, we're going to keep moving. But we've got to prepare that place. We've got to seek Him first. So what does preparing a place to meet with God look like? I love what our Lord Jesus says in Matthew 6, earlier in the chapter from verse 5 to 6. It says, and when you pray... He doesn't say if, he says when you pray. There's an expectation. If you follow Jesus, you've got to pray. Um, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues or the churches of that day and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who has seen what is done in secret will reward you. Um, firstly, something that I just want to highlight in this, in this, uh, in this passage, um, I, being with, in youth, um, I have a lot of conversations with young people and with new Christians as well, who, when we talk about prayer, they're like, uh, I don't really want to pray because I don't know what words to say. Um, can I encourage you? Jesus is saying here in this passage of scripture that, uh, it's actually not about all the fancy religious words. Um, you could, you could say a Shakespearean po- uh, poem of a, of a, of a prayer and God will miss it if it's to please people. 
if it's to if it's to if it's to if it's to make it seem like you know what you're doing. Jesus would much prefer three heartfelt, genuine, faith-filled words in the secret place than to paragraphs upon paragraphs in front of people. And I and I remember for me in my earliest days when I was when I was following Jesus, and that's like ten years ago. So I can say that you know I've got a little bit of a little bit of a track record. Um, I remember when I was in in my uh, youngest days, and someone would ask me to pray immediately, panic attack. It was like you could hear my heartbeat from across the street. <laughs> and uh, but it was even in those days where I would simply, you know what? Actually, even today sometimes that happens. I'm gonna be honest. When we're in our staff prayer meeting and I'm kind of connecting with God and He might have been showing me something and then uh, someone asked me to pray about something and I didn't even hear what it was. I'm like, okay, Lord, you need to you need to talk to me right now. Um, but all I would say in those moments is, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to say. I've got no clue. Give me your heart and give me the right words in this moment. And I promise you, every time I prayed that prayer, He did it. He did it. And it might have been rough sometimes. I might have jumbled up my words and said, Heavenly Moses, but, uh, but, but the Lord doesn't really care at the end of the day. If your heart is, is toward Him, fixed upon engaging Him and connecting with Him. So if you have yet to pray out loud, don't wait for the right words, because I promise you, in, as far as God, who is perfect, is concerned, there isn't a single word in any language that actually adequately gets to Him. So he just loves us enough that he just loves our heart. So is that cool? Okay, that's just that was a bit of a tangent, but uh, he he values creating a secret place, a place that is away from everyone else. God, like corporate prayer is important, necessary. We must pray together because when we're in agreement, God shows up and is done in heaven as it, on on earth as it is in heaven. But more importantly, Jesus invites us to a secret place where we, as individuals, connect with Him. And so for me. That looks like firstly in the morning before Joel wakes up, I go into my office, uh, pull up, pull up the Bible, sit there for a little while until the Lord speaks to me, and then I just walk around in the office, uh, uh, just praying. And uh, other times, I'll, I'll wake up in the morning and help uh, my beautiful wife open up the coffee shop that she works at. And once that's all done, I'm gonna I walk around Batinia Lake because that's where the coffee shop is. And there's a half an hour loop that I can take, and there's an hour loop that I can take. I've I've, I've got it to the to the minute where. Um, to, to, the, to the residents of the high-rises, they're probably seeing some rando just like talking to himself as he's walking around, the, uh, walking around the lake. But that's where I connect with God. And I tell you, He has met me in that place. And so what I, what, what I want to encourage us with is it doesn't have to look a particular way as such, but it's just a place where no one else is, is invited into that place. It's just you and God and you seek Him and you seek Him fervently. So what does it look like? Uh, what could it look like for you? I'm going to give just a couple semi-pro tips. I don't really vouch, somewhat decent. Boys or men, clean your freaking room. (laughs) Because if you've got to pay more attention walking over a landmine of your room, which is actually just closed, you're not paying attention to what God's got to say to you. And God actually likes our our atmosphere to be somewhat presentable. (laughs) Secondly, I don't have my phone with me, um, but whatever it takes, either put it on airplane mode, throw it out your window, smack it with a baseball bat. I don't care. Don't let it distract you. I, my spirit hates how much my flesh loves that thing. And I tell you, the moment that you make a decision to connect with God, I promise you that thing dings. I promise you, you get a TikTok notification. I promise you, you get a text. Put it on airplane mode and put it to the side so that you can connect with God completely undistracted. And then lastly, if you're prone to falling asleep in the morning particularly, don't see God on your bed. 
don't seek, your God, don't seek God laying down. It's just like, oh, Lord, I'm laying down in your presence. Nope, you're falling asleep. You're falling asleep. Don't, don't pretend you're fooling nobody. You're not fooling God. Stand up, walk around, and like, even if you have to like, just get your body moving, have an extra shot in your coffee, whatever it takes, just whatever it takes for you to truly, properly engage with God. But wherever it is, make it intentional. Because the last thing our flesh wants is to connect with God, but it's the thing that our spirit needs the most and genuinely cries out for. But we have to intentionalize it. We've got to prepare a place. And secondly, once we've prepared that place, we've got to persist. There's that P in the secret place. Say persist. Okay. In that Psalm 91 scripture, it says, whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High. That word dwell in the Hebrew is yeshab, and it means to remain and to sit down. So God is not, like, it's, it's, it is a good thing to bring our requests and our needs to God. God is not afraid of that, and He welcomes it. But God is desiring beyond that. God is desiring primarily in prayers that we would connect with Him. When I, when I preach this, uh, 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 this part of the message at youth, I, I explained it like this, that, um, that the secret place has no drive-through, it's dine-in only. Meaning, uh, in, our early days of, in our early days of prayer, um, we treat God a little bit like a drive-through, in that we pull up, we vomit out our requests, all of our specifications, we drive off before we even get a response, and then we complain when it's not what we ask for. <laughs> hey, somebody. Hey, that's just, that's just, that's just, I'm speaking to someone who did that, okay? So I can, I can say that as one who was, who, was, who was there. But God doesn't want to be treated like that. God desires us to sit down and to stay long enough for us to actually hear His heart, for us to hear if what we're actually asking for is His best. He wants us to get to a place where we're quiet enough that we can just shut up and listen because He's got some amazing things to say. He wants us to remain long enough that we actually encounter His presence. It's one thing for Him to move in your life, but the love of God is so much better. The love of God is actually what sustains you when the prayer that you prayed doesn't get answered. And in fact, that is why sometimes God doesn't answer prayer because he's, he's waiting for you to stay long enough to actually connect with Him, because He knew that if He answered your prayer, you'd never come back. You'd never come back. God desires, firstly, that we would persist, that we would remain. And if you don't believe me, here's some more Scripture. Colossians 4 verse 2 says this, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Ephesians 6 18 says, and pray in the Spirit on some occasions? No, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then 1 Corinthians 16 verse 11, look to the Lord and His strength, seek His face always, always. God desires us not just to pray on a Sunday, not just in connect groups, he desires us to engage with Him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because He wants to be involved in every single area of our lives. You might be here and you're wondering, God, why haven't you moved in this space? And His response might just be, you haven't asked me. You haven't, you haven't engaged me in that world of your life. And it's, uh, it goes back again to seeking first His kingdom, engaging with Him, remaining with Him. He's a friend. He's a person in that He desires relationship above all else. If the only time I'm going to see my wife is to get something from her, that is not a marriage. That is not a marriage, and vice versa. God actually talks about His relationship with the church in the context of a marriage, in that 
He desires us to be one, desires closeness, desires intimacy. So when we dwell in that secret place, not just go there when we have a need, when we dwell in that place, that's when His power then overshadows us because we're close enough for His wings to, to cover us. We've got to persist. And when we prepare the place and persist in that place, we receive power in the secret place. We receive power. What I love when I read throughout the entirety of Scripture is that anyone who did anything significant for the Lord, their journey began in a secret place. Jacob, when his name was changed to Israel, what was he doing? He was wrestling with the angel of the Lord in the tent. Moses, before he delivered a nation into, into, out of captivity into freedom, where was he? Burning bush in the desert with no one else around. And then as he was continuing to lead them, he went up into a mountain for 40 days where he, he encountered God in such a radical way that he came back with an illuminated face that he had to cover. He was so filled with the glory of God. Joshua, Joshua, who ended up leading those people, the, the Israelites, into that land with victory upon victory, stayed there longer than Moses did. It said that Moses would leave the tent and that Joshua would remain. Our Lord Jesus, before he even did a single miraculous work, what did he do? He went 40 days into the wilderness and he fasted and then he came out in the power of God. And frequently, it said, as was his custom, he would remove himself and, and seek after God before he would minister into a new place. Before he chose the disciples, he withdrew into that secret place because he knew the source. Because he knew the source. And lastly, the birth of the church, where we are today, where did that begin? In an upper room, where what once was 500 people were encouraged to wait until they received power from the Holy Spirit, but only 120 remained, and they were the ones who were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, who previously denied Jesus, was filled with the Holy Spirit as he waited upon God for those 40 days, 10 days, sorry, he was told 50 days by Jesus, anyway, 10 days of waiting, and he received power and preached the gospel, 3,000 people got saved. We're in this, we're believing for the season of revival where we're believing and we see that in this decade that we would see a thousand people come to salvation in Christ. That comes as we persist, as we prepare that place, as we wait, as we cry out for the presence of God to fill our lives and to fill this place. We receive power. We receive power. Awesome. And why don't we stand to our feet? And I'm going to invite the band to come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I just feel such a hunger for God in the room. And uh, what we're going to do, the uh, team's just going to lead us in worship. And in this place, if you are feeling a stirring in your heart, maybe you have yet to actually begin a personal devotion with Christ, a, a secret place where you connect with Him outside of these church walls, just you and Him. Maybe you haven't invited Him into your Monday through Saturday, and Sunday is the only time that you are engaging with Him, and you're feeling called in this moment, you're feeling stirred. Isaac, I'm going to prepare that place this week. I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to seek after Him. In a moment, I'm just going to ask you to be bold as we worship, just to come down to the front, because I believe that that, that physical act of just removing ourselves from a place of comfort is just, is just a declaration to God, God, I'm all in, I'm doing this, I'm for real. Or... You might be in this moment, God's highlighting some stuff that has been a distraction or has been an obstacle to you engaging with God in a greater way. It might be a physical thing or it might be just a burden on your heart and you just need to give it to Him tonight as an act of surrender. I'm just going to ask you just to come and we're just going to worship and I just want you to give it to Him as an act of surrender. Or lastly, you're just hungry for God. I believe He's here. 
I believe the Holy Spirit wants to fill us afresh. Maybe you're just feeling a bit dry and you walk with Him and you're just longing for Him. As we worship, would you just come? Just come, be bold and just lay it down on this altar. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. We love your presence, Lord. We love your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just all engage in this moment. Whether you're down the front or not, let's just worship. Let's just worship. You always have our heart, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We give you our whole heart tonight. Give you our whole heart tonight. Oh, stir up a hunger in this place. We're hungry for you, Lord. You alone can satisfy. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just all across this place, can we just raise our hands? The Bible says that waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord is a part of dwelling in the secret place. It's where we renew our strength. And in this busy world, it takes a little while to remove all the cluttering thoughts, all the distractions. But just for a moment, I don't want a single sound to be made except for Tossy on the keys. Just for a minute. And I want us to truly wait, to not say anything, but just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just adore you, and we thank you for your presence. Lord, I pray that as we go into our week, that you would draw in our hearts to meet with you in a greater way. Oh, Lord, I pray that everything else would just fade away when we encounter your presence. Lord, I thank you that people are going to get healed in their room as they wait on you. Lord, people are going to get set free and delivered as they wait upon you. Lord, you're going to unlock callings and destinies in the life of this church as we wait on you. 
Lord, those friends and family that we've been believing to come to Christ, Lord, they're going to come because we sought after you, because we waited upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can I just encourage us on a couple of things? As we cultivate this hunger, this dwelling in the secret place, if you've yet to uh, start that, or if you're wanting to grow your time with the Lord, the revival prayer that we're doing this week is an hour. I promise you it'll go in moments. It's an atmosphere where you can learn what it feels like to dwell for an hour. It's actually not that hard when you're in His presence. And if you've yet to commit to any kind of length of prayer beyond like five minutes, can I just encourage you, if anything, just to engage God in a way that stretches you. Commit to doing the three for one. One, yes, we want to see people come to Christ. That is, that is the primary goal. But in that space, God just unlocks something. And once you do that, an hour, it's not, it's not like a religious landmark, but once you, once you get to there, just unlock something where you want to be with Jesus every single moment of your day. Where I have, when I've made that decision, when I prioritize that, like literally every single moment of my day, whether it's I'm driving, delivering stuff, calling people, I'm conscious of His presence. And if you want to be conscious of His, of his presence daily, every second, every minute, every moment, just commit to, doing, to, to engaging God in a way that stretches you, just even a little bit. Maybe you're used to praying five minutes, and this week you've got to go to 10. Maybe you're at 15, and this week you've got to go to 30. Whatever it is, put it aside. Let the Lord speak to you and change you and transform you. In Jesus' name. That's it from me. I'm a pastor. Over to Pastor John.